My name is uh, Christy Fagan. I'm a runner. A runner is like why 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 we call a runner as the the the, the free blood. And uh, that, that that was the word that was I that was used to me for years. I mean I was always free blood. I mean I were, there was nowhere that, that I can could no matter what they done to me couldn't hold me. A report from the Commission on Child Abuse has strongly criticised the Department of Education, which it said generally dismissed or ignored complaints of child sexual abuse in residential institutions. When you go into them places and you, know, you look around you, the force you look for is, is I'm getting away here, I'm running. The Ryan Report was published on May 20th, 2009. They used to bait me, that's how my, my legs are so bad. They used to bait my ankles. Oh, holies. It contained thousands of stories of physical and sexual abuse in industrial schools. Where I'm from, where Jemmy Gunnery is from, we had heard these stories before. The report says sexual abuse was a chronic problem at Fairy House Industrial School. Sexual abuse was systemic. Uh, when it was uncovered, it was not seen as a crime, but as a moral lapse and weakness. So I smack my ankles with holies, and my legs would swell up, and I'd wear the boots that would be ten, probably four or five times so big on me, right? And they'd be tired, and I wouldn't get stockings. I mean, I used to wear the, I, mean, I, would, I always had boots with no stockings, because I was known as a runner. This story is about the Ferry House Industrial School. And every time you, 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 you got back on your feet, you'll you come around, right? It depends on, on which, which one of them animals that, that, was, that was looking after you on, on, on the day, right? And you, you, you get a kick, you get a kick, or you get a bang. And, and that's the reason why it was to stop you from running, to stop it that you couldn't, get, you couldn't move. Christy Fagan, like Michael O'Brien, was there. I went to the Lafay Commission and you had seven barristers there questioning me and telling me I was telling lies when I told them that I got raped of a Saturday, got a merciful beating after it and then stopped, he came along the following morning and put Holy Communion in my mouth. They brought a man over from Rome, 90 odd years of age, to tell me I was telling lies, that I wasn't beaten for an hour, non-stop, by two of them! By two of them! non-stop, from head to toe without a shred of cloth on my body. My God, Minister, that woman will tell you how many times I jump out of the bed at night with the sweat pumping out of me because I see these fellas at the end of the bed with their fingers doing that to me and pulling me uh, into the room to rape me, to bugger me and bait the shite out of me. The word runner is not in the Ryan Report. It was the name given by Christian brothers to children who escaped. Free blood to me now is that you have never stop. I mean, no matter what chance I got, I mean, no matter how much they bet you, I mean, you've seen an opening, you're your blood, you're free. This is the story of the runners and a man, Jemmy Gunnery, 
But as Jimmy always said, you're, you're, you're a free man. You're a free, you're a free boy, he said. Never stop running, no matter where you're there. Make your way. I tried, I never stopped trying to escape. And it ends up that, uh, I mean, I mean, as I said, you could, you could, you could break a bank, smash your legs, or damage your legs, not a whole lot. But once, once, once you, once you got out, got out onto, onto up them grounds there, and, and you got going into them fields there. I mean, the way you were going, right? Your legs didn't bother you. You carried yourself. I mean, you put it, you put it in your mind. I mean, you're, I'm going home, I'm free. In a good mood. I don't even know what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing. Christy Fagan is returning for the first time in 40 years to Ferry House Industrial School in Clonmel. I said you still have a hold of you, no matter what, how long there is. But, uh, this is this is a big day today. Christy's brother. Terry is with him. You'll hear more from Terry later. And I said, you're right. I don't know what's thought it's 40 odd years, but it's like, it's like yesterday. It's like, and there's a block of stair now, and you just can't get, can't get rid of it. And hopefully, this will put an end to it today. So, all the, the memories, all the badness, all the, the evil, the baitings and things, you know what I mean? It's pure, pure evil, and that's that's been in there, and I've never lost it. As the train makes its way, green fields flash by the window. The very fields that, when Christie was a child, he ran through, trying to find his way home. I was smart. I was very small, I was small. I was, I was probably nine, 11, 9, 10, I don't know how sure of my age what, what I was down there. I never stopped. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I escaped the night, I escaped during the night. I escaped when you were in mass, I escaped when you were swimming, I escaped when you were walking. I mean, no matter what, what opened the night, I was gone. He nearly reached Dublin once. He was arrested on the outskirts, 171 kilometres away from Ferry House. I got out one of the times and uh, I got there. I was one of the times I was lying on the embankment, waiting till I got back. I went moved across, looking for across to the hills there. When you got out, you'd, you'd, you'd head for your head for the keep off the main roads. And head to head down, head for head for the soldier the hills there, up that way you go, and you'd 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 you'd, you'd, you'd stay low, low 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 in the daytime. I'm moving, I'm moving the nighttime. And don't ask me how I got to the way I got to the open, but I got got I got near enough to it. And as I used to sleep, you know, it was a low low down in the daytime, and walk in the nighttime. You did whatever you had. We had the scallions. I lived on scallions, and 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 that and they were sad. And there was and there was that was in the ground I, I I lived on. And I that's 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 what that's what kept that's what kept me going, going, getting my, my way home.
You weren't lonely because you were free. Because you, you were own, you, you were your, your, your own man, your own kid. I mean, you had no one to tell you what to do. I know, no, there's no, no one to be watching over you all the time. I hit you. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel frightened or anything. Because how could you feel frightened after what you went through down there? I mean, I mean, once you get away from me, you get away from me. I mean, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't looking back. But I mean, I know I was walking for a long time. I got caught by a couple of the police. I got caught by a couple of the farmers. And that time, I think the, the, the story was then, I didn't know, I only heard it afterwards. That the farmers used to get £5 and whatever, they got £5, they got five pound in money. For, for, they got a house and bringing you back. I mean, that, 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 so, so you, you, you like when you were out, it was like, 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 like all oh, like bounty hunts are looking for you. And the, the, people, the people in the farms are not looking for you, not all right, so. I mean, they, they're brush and brush, but they like, pass on the word that we see the same. There's one loose, you know what I mean? And the only thing was, when you got caught, you knew you were going, you were going in, you were getting, you were getting the bait, you know what I mean? Well, you escaped, and I, 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 I ran, I, I mean, I had brothers chase, and I, I ran them into the ground. And because I ran them into the ground, I paid for them when I got brought back. Forty years on, we arrive in Clonmel. Have your attention, please. Shocking now arriving in Clonmel. Clonmel, next stop. Here's the big moment now. This story, though, the story of Jemmy Gunnery begins with a promise in a flat in the corporation buildings. It's 1968. It's night time. A woman, a widow, has lost her 12-year-old son. Jemmy Gunnery shakes the woman's hand. Jemmy Gunnery makes a promise. I watched him going out, out through the front gate of Corporation Buildings with my sister-in-law, and I remember him looking back at me. He, he just looked back at me and, you know, I, I, like it was a goodbye look. Or, you know, I just looked at him and I said, Jesus, I just, you know, I remember coming back into the room and I sat there. We just, I just hung around the house that day and waited to see what would happen. A distinctive smell came from the Mitchell Rosary Bead Factory. A smell that arose when the horns and hoofs of cows were melted. A process necessary to create the holy beads. And I remember it seemed like for, she, he was gone forever. And next of all, the door opened and in, stood me, in came my sister-in-law. Christy and the other children of his age would play on a patch of waste ground beside Mitchell's factory. And I could see the tears in her eyes. My mother just looked at her. And she, my mother let her in a merciful scream. She said, no, no, no. It was somehow inevitable that Christy would one day gravitate to the strange-smelling building and climb its walls. My sister-in-law didn't have to say that. My mother read her face. And then she said, he's gone. They sentenced him to seven years. In 1968, in Roman Catholic Ireland, Christy Fagan was charged with breaking and entering into a rosary bead factory. Seven years for stealing beads. I remember pulling out her hair, like, you know, and, and kind of shaking her head, you know, and when, when the sister-in-law was standing there in the doorway. And with that scream, that scream brought neighbours running. The women were standing beside her 
and they were trying to calm her down and the whole lot. And in came Jemmy. Jemmy was a, a kind of a smallish, stocky man, well-built, strong. Like, he walks in and I, I can recall him walking straight towards her and he put his arm around her. You know, he was my father's friend. They walked the docks together. Like Christy Fagan, like so many, Jemmy Gunnery, as a young child, was sent to an industrial school. He, he knew what was going on in those schools and he knew he wasn't going to let my, bro- my brother go through that. Jemmy Gunnery never said why he did what he did. He never talked about it. His crime was, the, from what I know, it was stealing bread out of a bread van. That was his crime. You know, and four years for stealing bread. He would have went into the industrial skills in the 1930s, right? And they were a bleak period. They'd go into those skills, you know, like in the, in the 30s. See, in those days, people didn't know what was going on. But Jemmy Gunnery did. He knew what was going on, because he was a man that, that suffered. Now, he didn't know that till years after. My father never talked about it. He never told me once that he'd been in trouble. We never thought he'd done time, nothing. It was somebody else at home. His family told me. His mother actually told me one time about it, but he wouldn't, he didn't, he wouldn't talk about it. He never talked about it at all. He never told him. It, I, I remember I asked him once about the scar on his face, and he, he told me that uh, a, a, a word, a prison word, and I hear him across the face with were a bunch of kids. There was some reason that he didn't say. He had, obviously had a reason why he didn't want to talk about it. It was actually the granny that told us about it. Like my father's mother told us about it. She just said he was wild. And um, that he had been sent away when he was young. But for the, don't know why he never said anything about it, but he was always determined to help other young kids that was in trouble for some reason. So obviously he had his own reasons for doing it. Maybe it was because of what he went through. I really think that it was much similar to what went on in our town. Like, just reading between the lines, it must have been for him to help children that was in trouble. He had to be through something himself, something that he never spoke about. Other than that, I don't think he would have bothered helping anybody, so there must have been something there that he, he was willing to help anybody that was in trouble. Jemmy Gunnery was released from the industrial school as the sun set in that day, Jemmy was on a boat. His mother met him at the station and told him he'd be better off out of the country because obviously all the kids were getting sent away for, for little or nothing, no matter what they'd done. They missed school, they were sent away. So she gave him the money to go away. And off when he went to be down to B&I himself, went to Liverpool... 16 years of age, Dublin, his family, the industrial skills slowly becoming a dot on the horizon. Jemmy Gunnery sailed to Liverpool. He was by himself, there was no one there to see him going, and he swore he wouldn't come back. There was no one there to wave him off, all he knew he was going to another country, didn't know where he was going, nowhere to go. And when he got there, he was sleeping in the streets for weeks, and that was actually how he met my mother. My mother walked in a cafe and he used to go in and she used to give him his breakfast for nothing. No one knows why, but Jemmy decides to go home. Jemmy Gunnery sailed into the Dublin Docklands 
with his young family. There was one spade actually, I think, weighed two stone. They used to call it number seven. Then there was a, the, the Medaris, I say, the smallest spade, that was a square head. And that's the one that you used when you were nearly finishing, because you're on the floor of the boat. But then they st- used to start off with the number seven. And, I mean, it's, number seven long weight, I think, it was one or two stone, at least two stone weight. And he had to lift that, and that carried at least four or five stone of coal on top of it. So every time he put it in, he was, he was getting up five or six stone at least. And he was doing about eight and 12 hours a day. He had big arms, big huge arms, big arms he had. He was actually that strong. He was buried under tons of coal one time, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? he was, yeah. The thing collapsed on him. Yeah, the, the, t- the tub of coal fell on top of him once. But uh, he, had, he had very strong arms. Yeah. Very, very strong. He could bend six inch nails and all his hands. No problem to him. And that's, that was the truth. No Do problem to him. remember when we were small, he used to pick us up with his teeth. Yeah. I can't believe this. Jeez. I don't, I don't, I don't. Teddy. Huh? 40 years on. Little remains of the Ferry House Industrial School. Where's the main, the, the, the main building? The, the yard and all that. This is it. Like. It's absolutely all changed. Jeez, I wouldn't know this place. I wouldn't know it at all. Where, where, where's the, 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 the big, the old building that was there? I mean, the, the, where the dormitories was, the workshops was and all that. The dormitory building is now gone. How many was in that, that dormitory? The... It's about, about 20 odd or more, I'm not too sure. Now. There could be, could be a lot more, you know what I mean? Mm. Which way was the beds? Uh, the, bed, the beds were all, all lined. No, behind one another, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, but you did, you two, I think you two or three rows. Yeah. Two, two, two or three rows, you two, two measure. I come in the night time to check oh, they, 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 they come in and pretend to put his hand in order, pretend to see was your bed wet and all that. Yeah. No such thing. No such thing at all. What the bubble did we do? Just oh, you're touching, you're touching, you're doing things. I mean, doing, I mean, but if you, I mean, if you lay down and didn't do anything, you were in big trouble. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I got out you. got out you. He was, a, he was a, he was a wolf. That's what he called him. That's the name he put on me. Called him okay. He was a, the wolf, the grey wolf. His brother was he? A Christian brother, yeah. Rasminian brother. Well, I really call. I don't know what the difference between them. All, all the bleeding same to me. Yeah, I know I mean. The only building still standing is the gable end of the old church. This, this was the church where you were in. This is the church. This is the church there where I was, boy. Right? Yeah. And you said that was supposed to be a safe haven for the for the, for you. For you. That was never. That was that was that was that was like, like a torture chamber. Church was. Yeah, oh yeah. When you got when you got into the church, there's no one going. There's no one going to, 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 to disturb them, was there? I mean, they were in there. They were in there. And what, what they said that that. Uh, the abuse took place. Then the church as well, yeah. And, the, the, and people would say, no, no, that, no, that, 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 it happened in the church. Mm. And it happened in the confession boxes. I'm afraid to walk up the, 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 
that's the wall. That's the, the wall. Up that way where we came in that time. Yeah, I know that, yeah. That was yeah. the bridge. That's where the car was parked up here. So that's, that's, yeah. that's the, the, the bridge there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the bridge there. As we went across, I think, that bridge. Mm. And, uh, we actually, we actually hid that way. You hid that way? Along the things there, yeah. I actually got into the. I actually went to go down, come around, whatever I would come in the back way, down the side there. I actually spent, spent a day there, one of, one of these places, let, let them think that I was gone, gone completely. Yeah. I actually lay in, lay in the thing there for a whole day, and they thought I was out of going, I know you escaped, but I was gone off. I lay for the whole day and then moved off in the, in the, in the, in the night time. From here? From there, lay, lay in, 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 the, in, the in, in, in the river bank there, I lay there, and the place crawled. I don't know what. We're fucking rats and everything. And I remember lying there. We've done that a couple of times. I got into the that's the way I used to. How would you get out? We used to, I went to go up, I went across the bridge, I went to the river. I'd actually lie, lie in there in the, in the daytime. When I got out, when I got out in the day, there's no chance I got out in the day. I'd lie in there and wait till I got back, then moved off. I've actually done a bit. I actually took the wrong way, went the wrong ways a few times, didn't I? Mm. And could you just describe for me again? Where we are in relation to the... We're on the, on the river bank. On the river bank up there, at the side of the school. There's a side that is walking down, 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 onto the steps down onto the, onto the bank here. And what I used to do with you was, you could, help, you could, you could make, come over the wall, come over the wall of the thing there, right? You go into the, the river bank here, you're lying here. For, 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 until it got dark. So, so, so the, 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 them, them brothers would think you were actually gone, gone ahead. And then you moved up in the night, then you moved up and it got dark then. And you, you made you made your way. I mean, but most times you you, you you try and crawl along, get, get along as far as wait as the skills you could. I mean, then then come out and then come out of the bushes. Then so what you actually did was you you, you made your way through the bushes, right on, on the bank here, mm. to get to on, on, to get out to a safe spot where you, upon where you could come out then, and then stop then then make make your way then. So you must be ripped to pieces, right? Yeah, you were you were, you were, you were, everything was scraped to bits. I mean, mm. but as I said. You'd have done anything to get it down, 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 you know, to get away from them. You'd have done anything to get away from them, you know what I mean? God love you. And, uh, but there was a... a, a it might be, you, 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 you know, they'd always try to bait how you wait, you know, and where, where, where you stayed, where'd you go that day, you know what I mean? So if you did do it again, they'd know, they'd know where to look for you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what route you're going to take and all the whole right? You didn't tell them. But I'd never tell them at the bank. That, that, was, that, that was something I kept out and I'd never tell them which way, I'd lie there. I mean, if you, got, if you got a chance early in the morning, you'd lie there from early morning to the last thing, to the, you got to go back, and then move, make, make your way through, through, through the thing then to get out. Mm. But, uh, then people have no idea. No idea what went on down here. So, so, so the, the, the abuse down here was constantly, constant down here. And, and, and the hoidings and, and, and the debatings were constant. This place, this place now, I mean, as I said, you, I, I look, look, look at a couple of the films about the concentration camps. I never even com- compared it to here. But when you think about it, there was a guard standing over there and you were left, left alone. But down here, you were never left alone. You never had peace down here. From, from the time you came in to the time you left, there was always something happening. You might get a day or two that you go, boy, you'll be okay. But then be another day then. That's, that's, that's them taking, taking their breaks and whatever, 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 you know what I mean? So that's, that, you know what I mean? I said, Caroline, you've no, no idea of the torture. 
you know, and just looking at the, at the, at the, the hills and the mountains there, right? That's where we used to head for as well. We used to help make it up. We went where we went and head for, and head for, head, head, and head for, and head for the high ground. That's where, that's where you stay for a couple of days before you come back down there and move off then. Them, them, them hills were always in my dreams. Back to the story of the runners. So where are we? Here's a little refresher. It's the north side. It's 1968. Jemmy Gunnery, a docker, promises a widow that he will free her son from an industrial school. These things take time, Jemmy would say. He needed to get a van forced. He turned up in the house and uh, he said to me, mother, he said, listen, I'm having been down in, down, in, down in Clamel. I had to look at the school. We can get him out of there, right? So my mother was all excited and she said, he said come down. And he said, to me, he said to me, he said, Terry, I'm going to need your help. I said, no problem. I said, I'll do anything. I said, there's no problem on that. So we left Corporation Buildings around about 7 o'clock that morning. I made our way down to, down to Tipperary to Clamel. And I remember we, dro- we drove into the, drove along the road and the school was, as of where we came in from, the school was on the left-hand side. And I got out of the car and I walked towards, as I walked towards, this man came out of the school. And I walked over and I said, hey, where's all the boys? Oh, he said, no, he says, they're in, the, they're in the far field. He said, the sports day next week. He said, and they're training over there in, this, in the field. So I said, thank you. And I walked back over to the car and uh, I said to Jemmy and my mother and that, I said, say, Jemmy, we'll never get him. In, he's in the far field. I said, we try and snatch him out of there now. I said, so we'll never make it. He said, oh, no, no. He said, leave her. He said, next Sunday here is. So the following Sunday, Jemmy was there waiting. Seven o'clock again, into the car and went down. And uh, we, we kind of got out of the car and went in around to the, into the industrial school. And I never forget it because it was crowded, the industrial school was, right? And uh, I stood in amongst the crowd and... So, anyway, I was watching, and next of all, I spotted Christy, God love him, his little bony legs, and he was running. But, I mean, being, being, being there, and it's, 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 like, it's like being in a concentration camp. I mean, and that's basically what it was, like a, to me, it was like a concentration camp. And it's very hard, hard for people to understand it. When you, when you, if, you, if you come from the heart of the city, right, and you, you, put, you put down there, and, I mean, no matter what corner you're talking, there's, so much, there's somebody that's slapping you or hitting you. And you you had no one to turn to, and uh, that's when, you, when, I, when I was running on the track and I see my mother and my brother and Jimmy yeah Jimmy Gunnery there, Jesus I mean there's no one I mean up this present day I've, n- I've never had a feeling like it since because it's it, it's you know, people can win the lotto and they're over the moon but that was my lotto when I seen them down there getting 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 me out taking me out there and I was running around the field and I just I was just running the racing and I copped my mother um my brother Terry and. Jimmy standing there, and I said, "They told me to keep running." So they said, "Says he, Terry said me, says he, uh, I said, Christy, when you go around with the skill, go through the gap in the hedge over there, which was nearly onto the main road." I said, "The Jimmy said the car be waiting on you, you know." And Christy looked and he seen Jimmy in the hole. Ah, oh, his face just lit up. It was like like he knew this is it. Well, he took off like an Olympic runner, and I moved as I said towards the gate. To co- cover it, cover his cover case. The brothers came after him to take because I was willing, if need be, if they had a came to try and stop him, I was willing to, to fight them. 
and because I had something in my jacket which I, was, I would have used if, if, if it had been necessary to use it because Jamie had said to me bring something with you in case anything goes wrong he said the Christian brothers are very handy with the hurley sticks he said they'll smash our face in quick as anything so I carried something there with me and thank God it didn't have to arise because I would have used it What did you carry? I carried a hammer and I had a northern bar in my jacket I'm just I'm stuck down the waistband and I would have used those to protect my brother and I wouldn't have thought twice about it you know and I, I actually Jemmy knew that should anything go wrong I was going to be left behind I didn't mind I didn't mind one bit and anyway I moved towards the gate and then I watched Christy coming around from the, the, the school entrance and up there was a little kind of a a little hill type of thing which led into a kind of a ravine. There was a little ravine, as far as I can recall, at the side of the road. So we got Christy into the car. I ran around and got him up, pulled him in, got him into the car, got him down into the, into the, into the back seat of the car, down, pushed down. Me, mother, you just I can't describe it. She was hugging him and holding him, kissing him and the whole lot. And we sped off. There was hugs and kisses with my mother now. She was the lawyer and Jamie, I mean, as he'd, he'd always come, he'd, he didn't name me. Call me the wild boy, he used to call me, you know what I mean? But uh, he said, Sissy, now you're out. He said, you're not going back this time. He said, there's no one taking you back. So he, 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 as he turned around and says, they're not taking you back anymore. He said, yeah, I've been through enough. When, when I got into the car then, and I was lying, lying on the floor of the car, and I was actually boasting to go to the toilet. And Jimmy said, you can't get out of the car, he said, because we had to keep going. Jimmy said, he was a great man. So he said, Sissy, what to do? was say, here, there's a, there's a lemonade bottle, go, go to the toilet and that. So right up I went to the toilet. But the problem was I went to the toilet too much. I actually filled the bottle up. I was, powered, I was actually getting powdered when we were travelling. We headed up to the Rocket Castle, right, until instead we got dark. Because Jimmy knew, he said, look, if we head off now, they'll be checking Dublin registration cards when he's missed. And he said, we never make it through. But we stayed out till it got dark. Like, I mean, I, to, to me, like, I mean, it was, I'd never seen the Rocket Castle before. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and all I know, we were up at the Rocket Castle. Jimmy said, this is the Rocket Castle. Right, because I'd never seen the country down there before. Like I hadn't got a clue where, where it was, even like you know. Now I knew it was Clamell Tipperary, but but I hadn't got a clue about the Rocket Castle. Never meant anything to me, you know. But we were up there. We said a couple of hours. Your mother was, as I said, rubbing Christie's hair, kissing him, and the whole. Jemmy was laughing, and the whole. You know, and I, I remember him saying, "He said I, I, I kept me promise, didn't I, Missus?" That night, they drove back to Dublin. Terry and Jemmy in the front, Christy and his mother in the back. Late at night, they arrived back in the city. And I was in my house, and uh, a knock comes to the door, getting out of the industrial school, and he wanted us to take, us, take him in. Oh my God! I nearly died. I didn't know what I was, I was. I didn't know what was happening anyway. Like, and I was kind of worried, you know. And I was then I was worried about the police coming up to the door, and I didn't know. And then I couldn't send. I couldn't put the poor child out and uh, throw the child out into their arms, you know that way. But um, I, when I seen Jimmy coming up, and then what could I do? Just take him in. Like, kind of, what would you do? You just wouldn't throw a child out to the police, like. So we took him in anyway for three days. The escape was the easy part, the straightforward part. Jemmy knew what was coming. The guards would be searching for the missing boy. There would be raids. 
The boy would have to be hidden. Jemmy had a plan. So it was then Jemmy came up with the idea. See, Christy had kind of coined the curly hair. And that's when he came up with the idea. He said, like, to Christy to put the dress on him. You know, to dress him up. He said, Christy, he said, if you want to stay out of these schools, he said, and you want to stay ahead of the police, he said, you're going to have to wear a dress. You know? So Christy, I think, was so delighted. He didn't, he didn't care. So they got the dress for him and they had him in his dress. And that was Christy went around in the daytime with the dress. You know, in the nighttime he wore his own clothes, of course. But uh, he was hopping in and out and running around the whole you know, and it was great laugh in the in the in the, in the family with Christy with his dress. You know, it was a little, uh, little, 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 little uh, flowery dress, like little flower thing, isn't it? And uh, it was, uh, it was, and a little little cardigan, little uh, dress, and the cardigan. <laughs> it was a dress and the cardigan, and uh, and the, the pair, the pair, of, the sandals, the, the plastic sandals. And I mean, uh, I wore that dress for a long time. I was dressed up as a, as a, as a, in Jamie's right, and he says they're looking for a boy, they're not looking for a girl. And I could actually play in that play in the bank, play in the bank, and the, 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 the police were going up, up my mother's looking for me, and I'd be playing on the bank. And that, and that time we'd be playing skipping or piggy, whatever it was, not all right, and I'd be playing up and down that bank, you're not a bother. And he said, Don't you dare go down that floor. He said, You're playing on the bank, this way I stand. And I played on the bank. You went with the dress on me for a long time. <laughs> but, I mean, you'd have worn that, not 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 to go back down that hell hole. I mean, you wouldn't give a damn what you wore. I mean, once you wouldn't you wouldn't go back down there. I mean. Terry has made a small laminated poster. It remembers Jemmy. They look for a tree to attach it to. Now, Jimmy, this is for you. Stop going to go in. That's for you, Jimmy, and me, Pat. Can you read it out there? I'll read it. Can you read it out? Can you read it? This is a photograph of the late Jimmy Gunnery, who helped uh, children escape from the notorious industrial schools. And on this photograph states, it's a quote from Edmund Burke, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing, Edmund Burke. And underneath it says, this good, this good man, James Jemmy Gunnery, did something. In the late 1960s, he rescued a young boy from this one-time hellhole of an industrial concentration camp run by the Ross Mini brothers. Jemmy, you kept your word. Now, Chris, I'm going to take a photograph to every side for the Gunnery family. There's always one question that persists. To his family and friends, was there more? Did Jemmy Gunnery help any other children to escape? Jesus, he's alive now. He'd be laughing, wouldn't he, Jemmy? Yeah. He would. He'd break his heart laughing just now. He was alive, Lord of Mason. Kept kept to his word, all right, Teddy. What he done for kids? How many kids he helped? You know, and what schools he went to? You know, and how many kids there was in the house? I'd say them, all those questions I reckon I've gone to the grave. The answers to them questions I've gone to the grave. I don't honestly think there's anybody alive could answer them questions. Well, I can recall being in the house with Jemmy, right? And I can, recall, I can recall 
big time loads of uh, escapees, right? Not around one given time, in and out of the house, different things. And you'd know, because you'd see Jemmy's Je- wife there, buttering bread, giving them sandwiches and things like that, like, you know. And you knew they were, they were runners, like, you know. And that's what, that's what the names the Christian Brothers gave them when they escaped to call it runners. My name is Mick Forden. I'm from Corporation Place. And I grew up most of the kids that you were asking about. Um, I know Jimmy, Jimmy Connery as long as I'm alive, I think. We all knew each other. Like, you could hardly, like, I mean, the walls in the corporation buildings are very thin. If you didn't want to hear the argument that was going upstairs, you could listen to the argument that was going on downstairs. I, I seen him with, I remember, I know of two or three young boys he did help out. But, I mean, I'm not prepared to say their names in case they were agreed, you know, that I'd do that, you know. But Jimmy would brief them, you know, and tell them not to. Let the left, left hand know what the right hand is doing. A famous saying it is, you know. He'd bring them back to, the, back to the Corporation Street or wherever they came from around the area, Foley Street or Liberty House or Sheriff Street. He knew they'd probably know their fathers mainly. And he'd let, he'd let the, when he'd be at the brief, their fathers and mothers to let them know in case, in case they'd be annoyed about it, you know what I mean? Jimmy had a black, a little Thames van, a four Thames van, and he used to go down the country for Sunday morning early. He'd head off early and he'd get down there and he'd bring someone back and uh, he'd head off very early as I said to you that's all I, I know and I mean, he, he wouldn't actually tell you you know what I mean he wouldn't broadcast or tell anybody what was going on but you'd know but you could talk about an awful lot more but I, I, I didn't um, like it's only that these fellas would be my friends that I'd be kind of and I'd live beside them that I'd know but I mean he could have sprung another half dozen kids from around the area like from outside Corporation Place you know what I mean and I'd say he did myself I remember then that word was sent in that Jimmy was very sick. So I made my way out to the house. And I'd never forget, he was sitting in an armchair. And he was happy in Tahola. I had a cup of tea with him and we were reminiscing about corporation buildings in Tahola. And I, I talked about Christie in Tahola. And that brought a smile to his face, like, you know. I said, Jimmy, did you ever think of it? You know. And he shook his head. And I said, Jimmy, tell us more. I said, what did you do? And who else did you help? Ah, he said, better off leaving that alone. Forget about that. That's not to be talked about, more or less, he said to me. No, I never knew anything. Just as I was running around that track. I mean, I can't explain that feeling to you. It's very hard to people understand it. I mean, I mean, once I seen Jimmy there, I knew I was going home. And home I went. And I never forget it. Believe me, I still think of it. But uh, I said, if it wasn't for Jimmy... Uh, I, I would have been probably a lot worse than I was than I am today. But they sent those children into hell. And my brother went through hell. And I only found out uh, not too long ago what he actually suffered. And I have to tell you, there's some anger in me. But like everything else, you know, I recognise there's good Christian brothers out there that, did, that do great work in the community. And they lived the spirit of Ignatius Rice. They were good. And I feel very sad for those Christian brothers the good Christian brothers that did, uh, that did help communities and are still helping communities. I feel sad for them. Jemmy, Jemmy like Ignatius Rice, who founded the Christian Brothers and the, uh, helping poor children, Jemmy done the same, but in a different way. He saved them from the evil brothers that were running those guilds. Them, them, them hills were always in my dreams. I love them hills. Them was there. I've never lost my mind. And I'm over that, I'm over the hill, I'm free. That was, that was always my dream. When I, when I seen the hill, when I'm over the hill, I'm free. I mean, I've, 
even even sometimes some I'm in bed lying down thing I could see them hilts so I was still not free because I, I see them hilts that's my freedom and one day I'll get over them one day I will get over them I definitely will I will make it will I be there I'll, be, I'll definitely get over them If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.